Welcome to Diva Speaks, a relationship podcast that is dedicated to candid and intimate discussions on relationship matters, such as love, sex, marriage, religion, affairs, intimacy, and so much more. Each episode, I weigh in on the provocative and sensitive issues that relationships experience, but from a woman's perspective, Stay tuned and subscribe. Welcome. What's up, you guys? Happy Thursday. This is your hostess, the diva, Angela Portoreal, and you have just entered the discussion for love, love, sex, relationships, marriages, and all things <laughs> under the umbrella of relationships. I hope you guys are doing exceptionally well today. I want to thank you for tuning in. And I also want to apologize for being just a little bit late coming on the air. I had some technical difficulties. I'm not sure if it was my Wi-Fi or the devil <laughs> or if it was my uh, um, inability to start the show on time. Let me take accountability for my lateness or tardiness, right? So my humblest apologies um, to you um, for starting the show a few minutes late. Um, in an effort to bring you a good show, I had to make some things come together. So thank you for tuning in in. Um, as I mentioned before, um, it is Thursday. It is one day before Friday when all of the festivities begin on the weekend, right? Yeah. So let me thank you for your continued support of Diva Speaks podcast. I really, really sincerely appreciate it. If you haven't had a chance to tell a friend or tell a family member or tell a homie about the podcast, would you do that today. As a matter of fact, while you're listening, could you text somebody and say, hey, Diva's on the mic. Why don't you tune in and um, let's listen to what this uh, um, this Diva has to say. I would greatly appreciate it. Now, if you have any feedback or comments, you can always reach me at DivaSpeaksOfficial at, at gmail.com. You can also find me and support um, the movement, <laughs> the relationship movement on Facebook. Um, um, at True Diva Speaks on Facebook and Instagram is Diva Speaks underscore official on Instagram. Um, yeah, so if you subscribe to the podcast, you always have the option of calling in, doing a live show. If the call in feature, if I make it available and uh, we can chop it up in real time, live as the discussion progresses. So with all of that out of the way, so let me tell you what prompted this show, because I got some notes here. So if you happen to hear some paper rattling, I want you to know I came prepared. So yesterday, guys, um, I was a guest caller on a fellow podcaster's show. 
The name of the podcast is called the Ralph Williams podcast, a very cool laid back gentleman. I'm assuming he's from New York and we got to talking about him um, being one of um, the listeners for, for my live show that um, myself and the roundtable paneled chopped it up on Sunday about, which was red flags in the relationship um, during the dating phase and relationship, but from the men's perspective. So, hey, guys, if you haven't had a chance to check that out, um, do so. And I also have red flags in the relationship also from a woman's perspective in in its entirety um, in an earlier broadcast during the earlier stages of the podcast when I was still developing. So you have both unique perspectives from the guy's standpoint and also from the women's. But anyway, let me get back to what brought us here. So we started talking about being single and the comment was made about, you know, what you should do before you getting to before you get into a relationship let me pull my notes out guys because um it brought me back i'm not gonna lie it, it it seriously brought me back um started talking about being content with being single before you actually are i guess blessed to get into a relationship blessed to be married however whatever that conversation went it really stuck with me because it took me back. I traveled back in time to when I was single. Now I'm happily married now, but let me tell you that journey to get here was a painful one. And this episode is dedicated to those who are living single, but you're not satisfied. Yeah, you heard me. I said it. You're living single, but you're not satisfied. So you may be saying, yeah, Gayla, you know, Diva, what's up with that? You know, what do you mean by that? I'm going to break it down. Just bear with me because I want to be super sensitive to the person who, who is currently living in the struggle that I used to. So let me say this beforehand. If you're one of those people and you're happily single, I mean, categorically across the board, happily single, and you don't care whether you ever <laughs> have a mate or not, you don't care about about companionship, marriage is not even a thought in your mind or being booed up, this episode is not for you. I want to talk to the people who are struggling in their singlehood. You understand me? Who are not satisfied with their current state of existence, but they're having to put on a front or a bold face because people tend to beat you down or give you these unrealistic prerequisites before you get into a relationship. That's who I want to talk to. So, you know, with getting these things off of my chest, um, I had to understand or the most painful part of it for me was understanding that singlehood is not celebrated in all circles. Yeah. It was painful to acknowledge. It was painful to accept, but it was the reality that I live in. Are you you that person too? Are you constantly finding yourself being excluded from certain events, parties, or you're not getting certain invites because you don't have a mate? That's where I was. So let me tell you how the journey began. So, so 
many, many moons ago, to be specific, about 10 years ago, I decided to relocate from an area that being single wasn't, it didn't feel so isolated or I didn't feel like I wore it like a badge on my forehead. I moved, I'm from Dallas, Fort Worth, and I chose to move to Charlotte, North Carolina, me and my two daughters at the time, of course, I'm single. And I guess I did not do my homework. I did not do my due diligence prior to moving here. Because if I would have, I'm not sure if I would have second guessed my decision to move to the Queen City, but I definitely would have prepared myself for the journey I was about to take. Um, coming from an area like Dallas, Fort Worth, I guess I took for granted the many, many things that I had at my fingertips, the, the circles that I traveled in. And there were so many other women like myself that when I came here with the same mi mindset, um, the way I dressed, the way I moved about, the way I handled my business, it was like I stuck out like a sore thumb. So in my opinion, Charlotte is a booed up city. Charlotte is a city where you come to to raise families, you know, to raise your family, to have kids, you know, to live that life. You know, you make friends with other moms, you carpool, you know, the dance teams, the football leagues and all of that. If you're a person that, you know, if you're looking for an area that is going to celebrate all of that, Charlotte is that, that city. But if you are a single woman. I'm only speaking to the women right now, right now. That's all I'm talking to. Because the men, you experience something totally different. Your walk is different. It may be a hard thing to accept. And, you know, um, when I transitioned here, you know, one of the first things that what do you do when you go to a new city if you don't have family or a lot of friends? What do you do as a Christian? You seek out a church home, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Let me tell you how that went. I guess that's, that was the moment that I realized that I, I am in for the journey of my life. I had to roll up my sleeves, put on some elbow grease and put in the work to really not focus so much on the misery that I was experiencing as a single woman. Being single wasn't as painful as how I was being treated because I was single. You understand me? Now, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm not no ugly chick by far. I'm not the prettiest in the world, but my God, I'm not ugly. So just imagine going to the house of the Lord and you're like, this is this is one place it's going to be safe. You know, I can go and I can worship and, you know, I can still pray to God, you know, about the desires of my heart. I have my children with me. This is a new start, a fresh city. Oh, my dreams, anything is at my fingertips. <laughs> Far from that. And if you're a Christian and if you've ever went to church, you know that part of the service where the pastor or who is whoever is leading the service and they tell you this part of it, watch this. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you know, this is your day or the part of the service where you're supposed to go and hug two or three of your neighbors that are around you and welcome and usher them, you know, usher the Holy Spirit into the house of the Lord to make everybody feel loved and welcome. 
<laughs> I would find people avoiding hugging me because I was this single. I was the new face. I was the new attractive face. I was the new attractive face who dressed different with two small daughters with her. Imagine how that felt. Just take a moment to imagine how that felt. I'm a new woman in a new city with my children sitting beside me in church. We were seeking a church home. And I went there about two or three months because, you know, the first time it happens, you take you're kind of taken aback and you're like, this is not happening to me. This is not why this is, you know, this is not that. That's what you tell yourself. You're in denial. But the devil is alive. This was exactly that. People were avoiding hugging me and and, welcome, and welcoming me into that church because I was a single woman. There's no other reason. I didn't know anybody there. They didn't know me either. Hey, guys, have you ever seen the movie Waiting to Excel? Do you remember the part as the movie starts out? Whitney Houston has just made it to Arizona and she uh, attends this New Year's Eve party and she finds a place to sit at the table. And when she sits down, it's that moment that she realizes that she's sitting in the midst of couples. Do you guys remember that scene? Remember how all of the women gave her that that nasty, look or like a snarl on their face that's bit that was my life that was my life here in charlotte here in charlotte that's supposed to be like a christian you know in the christian community as a single woman which brings me to this single women and men sometimes are sometimes discriminated against you are discriminated against because you are single you are being told that you need to, again, satisfy all of these unrealistic prerequisites, which are not Bible-based, to satisfy before God deems you worthy of having the desires of your heart. Isn't that the craziest thing, right? So when I was on my fellow podcaster's show yesterday, Ralph, is that you? I'm talking about you guys. Check out the Ralph William podcast. He's got the sexiest voice that I've heard yet. Like the sexiest voice. Like if you want to be put into the mood, get you a glass of wine, tune into his show. Just listen to him talk. He is that dude. Trust me. So anyway, you made me lose my thoughts thinking about your sexy voice. He's <laughs> You could be gay, you're whatever. It doesn't matter if you're gay. It's, you know, whether they say it or not, or you have, have a very nice um, voice. But um, you made me lose my thought, and I'm sorry, guys. Um, so here's what I want to tell you. Getting back to the discussion about the, the struggles of being single. Have you found yourself being given all the list of reasons of what? why you should wait and why you are not worthy enough to receive what they already have. You know, one of the things that kind of stuck in my crawl was it was always the ones, if they weren't married, the, it's the married ones or the ones that have somebody at home. You, I'm like, you got somebody you going home to that you go to bed with every night and you lay your head down on that pillow. When you 
have left a hard day at work. You got somebody, but you want to have the conversation with me and tell me that I need to wait. Well, sis, did you wait? Because according to you, marriage isn't isn't what 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 is it they used to say? Marriage ain't all it's cracked up to be. Ugh, girl, <laughs> girl, I would wait if I was you. Well, sis, did you wait? And why would you discourage a sister who is single and it's a sincere desire in her heart just because you made a bad decision, just because your choices were poor? Why do you have to discourage me and sisters like me? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the fact that your support system of the people that you would look to the most? Most two for support are sometimes the ones that fail you in the bigger picture of it all. Because I can tell you a lot of the times when I didn't get invitations to different events or functions from the people that I thought were my friends, um, their reasoning was, guys, is because it was nothing but couples there. Right. Fair enough. Right. If it's nothing but couples there and I'm a single woman. Like, why would you be there? Okay, all right, I get it, I get it, I get it. But listen, this is the crazy thing about it. Do you know a few of those people that were in my allegedly in my corner when I was having to walk down the road, down the road of life as a single woman? I thought, naively, I thought that somehow it would magically change once I got married. Because I've been married going on two years in a few months. Two years I've been with Poppy. And let me tell you, honey, a few of those friends I haven't seen since. They didn't come to my wedding. They didn't come to my anniversary. They have yet to honor an invitation to come and meet my husband, to come and have a meal at my home. So that makes me question a lot of motives behind discouraging saints single people. It really does. You know, some of the things that I have found that I guess disturb me is the the list that they give you as to why you why you're single, right? Okay, so and the and the things you should do, you know, before you get in, into a relationship. One of the things is, well, you know, hmm, girl, maybe it's just not God's time for you. You know, just you just need to pray about it and leave it alone. Okay, some of that I can accept and some of that I reject. God's timing, no one knows that. So I'm not going to speak on things that I do not know. But if you are not active and showing up in your own life and doing no nothing, how are you ever going to meet somebody or how, are, how is your relationship status going to change? And I take special offense to the people that would say, just pray about it, pray and do nothing. What? What? Pray and do nothing. So like, do, do I use that same ideology when it comes to looking for a job, like pray and do nothing? Do I use that same ideology when it comes to raising children, pray and do nothing? Shouldn't we all be active in every area of our life that requires actions? So then on my friend's show, we're, um, 
Ralph, you're not my friend. So on my friend's show, we got to discussing the 90 day rule and sex. You know, I'm just so over all of these rules. You know, you got people out here that are promoting, well, you know, you need to wait to do this. You need to not do this. You know, don't shack up. Don't live with them. Don't have sex before 90 days. You know, it's like all of these rules. Like when are people going to start living and actually getting to know the getting to know the person that you're trying to get to know that you're interested in that you want to take to the next level as far as a relationship and marriage without without all of these man-made rules so yesterday we talked about the 90-day rule you know i think i've discussed that a few times on my show you know i just really i think there's some validity to it you know there you do need to take your time with getting to to know a person if you're sexually active or, you know, if you, if you want sex, you know, period. <laughs> I mean, you do need to know something about the person, but you know, again, that 90 day rule doesn't promise you anything. You can wait 90 days. You can wait 60 days. And after you get up after that wet one, that person and, or you could decide to walk away from it. It can't be the sole focus of your existence in a relationship. I disagree with it. I disagree with the fact that, you know, people constantly tell singles, well, you know what, you know, don't live together, don't shack. Okay, you know what, follow your, your faith. I'm not here to dispute your faith, but check this out. You're not living with a person, but you're sexually active with them. Okay, so you chose not to do one thing, but you're doing the other. <laughs> I mean, God damn, really? So I'm not going to shack up with him. I'm not going to live with the guy, but you know, he's at my house every other day, giving me a wet one. And we're just going at it like, like two puppies. Really? It, it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. And people tend to place all of these, again, all of these restrictions on singles that they didn't abide by themselves. And let me tell you something to any single per person that's out there. Don't ever let a person make you feel bad for wanting to be in a relationship, for wanting to be a wife, for wanting to be a husband, for wanting love in your life. Never make, never allow a person to, to make you feel bad for craving intimacy, for, shit, for wanting some good sex. Your body was made to crave sex. Hello? <laughs> Hello, that's how all of us got here. Somebody had sex. You deserve the love that you desire. Let me say this again for the people in the back. You deserve the love that you desire. And you definitely need some good sex in your life. You know, and another thing we discussed yesterday was people telling us that we needed to have it all together before we we get into a relationship. Now I struggle with that one a little bit. I do struggle with that one a little bit. And one of the guests, um, the subscribers 
of the Ralph William podcast. She made a good point. She was like, like, well, you know, I don't want to deal with a guy that doesn't have, you know, he's not employed. He doesn't have his living arrangements intact. And, you know, I'm not talking about stuff like that. Listen, trust me, with the caliber of woman that I am, if you don't have all of those things in place, we can't even hold anything outside of a conversation. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things like from a spiritual standpoint, mental wellness, you know, learning how to forgive people, being more open minded and embracing people's differences. Is, I guess, abstract things that we're working on, you know, but are we waiting for perfection before we enter into relationships? So what about this meme that I, um, I love this one. I love this one because it applies to me. You know, there's a meme on social media, guys, that says something like um, a woman becomes 10 times the woman that she already is when she is loved correctly. Now, if there are any ladies listening, if you've ever had that type of love, you know that's true. Oh, my God. When a man is loving you the right way and he is taking care of you mentally, emotionally, sexually, intellectually, that will motivate you and inspire you. If you are working on some other areas of your life, it drives the motivation. So don't tell me or any other woman like me that we can't multitask. I am perfect. I am perfectly capable. You are perfectly capable of multitasking in a relationship. It is perfectly possible for you to continue your journey of working on yourself and at the same time coexisting in a relationship with another human being. Yeah, I said it and I meant it. And I ain't taking it back. You can absolutely do that. But you got to be focused. Don't let no one tell you that it cannot be done. Because if we all chose to wait until everything was just right, none of us would be in a relationship. The, the largest, the biggest, Biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. So working on your on yourself is a lifelong journey. You're gonna wait until when? Hmm. If you ask me, it's a conspiracy. You know, some of you guys, listen. Let me tell you something. Some of you guys, some of you, some of you guys may have friends or family in your circle that really want to see you single. They're jealous of you. Can we talk about that? Can we? Can I speak to the people? who seem to have it all, and you do. You're employed. You carry yourself well. You're educated. You're faith-based. For the most part, you have a good heart. You treat people right. You, you know what I'm saying? You're family-oriented. You're involved in your children's lives. And that's just that one piece of the puzzle that you're having those problems private conversations with God about like, Lord, have you forgotten about me? Like I got everything else, Lord. I, you know, I, I got this, I got that, you know, I'm, I'm thankful, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for everything that you've done. I'm not taking anything away from you. I just, I just want this one thing. 
But then when you go and have those semi-private conversations with people that's supposed to be in your corner, it doesn't go or the results of how it leaves you feeling, it, it, it feels, it feels odd. You know why? Because they don't want to see you succeed. They don't want to see you happy. Some people don't want to see you with nobody. And you have to accept that. And you have to reject what they tell you. I know it because I've lived it. You know, the type of people that would say behind your back, mm -hmm, she thinks she all that. She can't get a man, huh? <laughs> she must not be all that. <laughs> oh, yeah, they say it. Oh, yes, they do. They say it. Some people celebrate your alleged misery in your singlehood. They celebrate that because they know. They know or they feel that they have one up on you. Fine as she is, she can't keep a man, huh? <laughs> Don't nobody want her. It happens. That's why I'm talking to you today because I need you to realize that. You know. Now, guys, I'm going to go back to this church thing, but I, I need to go back to I'm going to come back to a conversation I had with an alleged friend. You know, I met a guy um, that had come to do some work. Um, I forgot what this guy was doing in the building that I lived in down the street at the time. I don't know if he was moving someone into the building, but our paths crossed and church came up into the discussion. And as you know, by now, I feel, I feel, mm, I don't have good feelings about church that has nothing to do with my relationship with God. So this is not that, but anyway, so he was telling me about his church and, you know, I needed to, to come to his church. Things were not as I had described at his church. It was very welcoming or whatever. And that he too had felt some type of way when he moved to the Carolinas from wherever he was from. I think he was from Kansas. I think, I think. Does anyone ever move to Charlotte from Kansas? Probably not. I probably got that wrong. But anyway, I told him your, your walk could not be my walk because the one thing about me is I'm a woman. You're a man. I'm a black woman walking into a black church, predominantly black church, because this is not Dallas where there's not a lot of um, different races and ethnic ethnicities worshiping in the same place like back home in Dallas. So for the most part, when I walk into when I used to walk into a church in Charlotte. Hey, uh, Miss Peaches, when I used to walk into a church in Charlotte, all I'm looking at is black faces. So just to be very clear, but I explained to him, I said, I'm a black woman, a newcomer to the city, walking into a predominantly black church where most of the parishioners got to be at least 85 percent females who are probably praying for the same thing that I am or want the same thing that I am versus when you as a single black man walk into a predominantly black church that's 85% females where the parishioners are 85% females you're a prize they're going to treat you like a king it's a different experience it's a different experience So I just want 
to let you guys know that being single is a struggle and it has nothing to do with being desperate. It has absolutely nothing to do with being desperate because if, if you're going to take that approach, was Adam desperate? Was he? I mean, cause he flat out told God that he wanted, he was lonely. <laughs> he flat out told God that he was lonely. He said that he noticed all of the creatures were male and female and it was just one of him. And, you know, call me crazy, you know, because I do have a comedic side to me. I'm known as a nut. I'm a cashew nut now. I'm a fancy nut, but I'm a nut. You know, my thing is, you know, when people always want to tell you all of these different things and the requirements and this list of, you know, things, criteria that you must meet before God will consider you you know, to be blessed with a mate, if that is your heart's desire. God never told Adam one time, well, you know what, but you need to be satisfied with me first, because, you know, until you're satisfied in your state of singlehood and you're satisfied with me and you devote all your time and attention to me, I'm not going to bless you with a mate. That's not how the story went. He made his petition known to God. And because God created Adam, he knew that this man needed a companion. And if you ask me, a person constantly being told that they're not good enough or they're not ready to receive love, companionship or marriage or a committed relationship if that's all they want, do you know that would drive a person into depression? Do you know that there are other single people out here who are trying to suppress a natural desire to have companionship, who are failing at it because it's natural, you know, and entering into a dark stage of depression because the world is telling them you're not ready. God said, no, I got a man. I got a wife. You know, but not you. Okay, let me. Um, I have a comment. There was never a time in history where there was one male and one female of every animal. That's insane and scientifically impossible. Well, you and I will have to talk on another show. <laughs> We're going to have to talk on another show, but I definitely, I wanted to acknowledge your comment and I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm ecstatic that you're listening and you're, you're, you know, commenting and, and giving me some feedback, but, um, let's, let's talk about that on, on another show. Yeah, of course. And I, I appreciate you, you know, because I need real people to have some real, let's have some real conversations about real relationship and what people are experiencing. Because I vowed, let me tell you guys, I vowed never to be one of these married men, that, married women with a man, with a husband that turned my nose up at the single woman experiencing the struggle that I was experiencing before I got here. Because just like he's here today, he could be gone tomorrow. There's no guarantee in life. How dare someone turn their nose up at single women and men? You know, guys, I, I mean, so here's the story. Listen to this. 
listen to this. So this is the funny thing about it. Um, before I started a podcast, I was always, especially back home in Dallas, I was always the one that my sister, her friends, my friends, I was the go-to girl when it came to relationships. I was always the person that you came to for encouragement. You know, you wanted to bounce something off of me. You know, I'm a very analytical person. I like to take one particular scenario and dice it up three or four times and come out with about six or seven different outcomes. My mind just works that way. I love to talk about the infinite possibilities of outcomes for a situation. That's what I do. I love it. Oh my God. So anyway, so it's this, uh, this chick that was in my life a few months before I met my husband. She was in um, a bad marriage. And when I say a bad marriage, let me describe the marriage. The husband is a dope dealer. Um, and he basically treated her like crap. He did not treat her well at all. I don't care how bad of a friend and she was to me, she didn't deserve what she was going through at all. I think she uh, deserved a whole lot better um, than what she was getting, but she would always come to me for some more support and some for some encourage, encouragement. So, you know, anyway, so we were having a conversation about my discouragement at that time. Guys, we were holding the conversation in the month of January. Okay. We had just brought in the new year, so it wasn't that far off from January the 1st. Now, just to show you how God works, and this is not a religious podcast by far, but I have to acknowledge what he did for me in this moment. I had the conversation with her in January. I met my husband March the 8th. I had the conversation with her in January. I met my husband March. March the 8th. So here's how it goes. She's talking about her husband. She's talking about she's fed up. She's talking about his narcissistic behavior. She's talking about, you know, he was getting bold enough to not even try to hide his indiscretions. And she was just going on and on about how she was fed up and she was trying to figure out what her next move would be. So we had the conversation after we had the conversation, we transitioned over to my my plight, what I was struggling with. So this is what she tells me. She says that I needed to focus on some other things and let it go. That maybe God was preparing me. I took great offense to that. Oh my God, I took great offense to that. So let me let me let me tackle the first thing. You know, I was done with trying to keep my myself preoccupied. I'd worked two jobs, basically all of my children's lives. I've even worked two jobs in Dallas and went to school at night and took my children with me, had them sit in the commons and had their laptops with them, took them to dance class with. I mean, I've done it all. Work two jobs, go to school, help them with their homework, thoroughly engaged in their e extracurricular activities. I'd done everything under the sun to preoccupy myself, to distract myself from the fact at that time that I truly desired love. I truly desired companionship. I truly desired to spend my life and plan the rest of my life with someone special. I was done with trying to distract myself from what was naturally a part of me. 
which was my desire to have love. I was done with that, guys. I was done. We weren't we was not having that conversation ever again. You know, and people used to say this is what used to kill me. Girl, throw yourself into your kids and blah, blah, this and that. Tell that to the woman who's a mammy. <laughs> Tell that to the woman who's not actively involved in her children's life and present in her children's life. Please don't tell a single woman who is like there, present, giving everything she's got to her children. Please stop telling single women that. Their kids cannot be 100% everything that they need. Children are to stay in a child's place. You know what? If you ask me, that's how a lot of people cross boundaries, trying to make your children fulfill a need that they cannot. You cannot do that. Do not do that to your children. You cannot make your children your whole world. But anyway, that's beside the point. At this point, when we're having the conversation, my, my daughters are grown. When I say grown, they're in their 20s. So anyway, <laughs> let me progress with the story. So on to the part where she's telling me that maybe God is preparing me. I said, well, you know what? No, that's not it. You know when you're being prepared. If you're in tune with your higher power, and you're a woman or a man about your salt. What a person cannot do is tell you what you are preparing for or not. You understand me? They cannot. So this is what I told her when she said that, that part of it. I said, well, I'm not being prepared for anything. I've spent the better half of 10 years being prepared. I, I'm ready. The preparation phase is over. I said, let me explain it to you like this. I said, if I invited you to my home for Sunday dinner and you arrived at the door and I welcome you in and I tell you to grab a cocktail, let's have a glass of wine. I'm still preparing Sunday dinner. What does that tell you? That tells you that the meal is not ready yet, right? If I'm still preparing the meal, the meal is not ready at this point to eat. But in the meantime, get it, guys, I'm entertaining you to keep you preoccupied until the meal is ready. Essentially, that was my first point. Right. I said, but if I invite you to my home and I answer the door and I invite you in and I tell you to go ahead and have a seat at the table, get it? Have a seat at the table dinner is ready I am ready to serve you so you can consume this meal that I have spent all of this time preparing it's ready it's hot, it's fresh you can partake of it that's where I was in my life and I wasn't going to let her or anybody else tell me anything different I knew it and you couldn't discourage me from the fact that I I did know it. And you know what? As I say, stated earlier, I met my husband March 8th. So you have to ask yourself, guys. Are you being distracted or discouraged by someone who has a platform to your life? Is there someone in your life that's telling you that you aren't worthy in a nice way? Are they using scriptures to discourage you in a godly way? 
you have to ask yourself those questions. Because I wasn't moved by that. When you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny too. If you're referring to the fact that <laughs> she was trying to um, discourage me from the fact that I knew that uh, I, I was ready. So to the people that are single out there and you aren't satisfied, let me challenge you as we begin a new year 2020. Let me challenge you to show up right now. Let me challenge you to walk this walk alone if you have to without any of the naysayers in your ear, without anybody using scriptures to discourage you from the love that God placed in your heart to desire. I said it twice during the podcast, and I will say it again. You are worthy of the love that you desire. So what are you going to do to get it? How are you going to position yourself to receive the love that you require and are requesting? I can't answer that for you. I can't answer that for you. You know, but it is definitely something that you need to put into play right now. And as I stated before, you know, being single in it itself wasn't nearly as painful as the way that I was made to feel because I was single. It wasn't nearly as painful because during during the time that I was single, I chose to try and focus on areas that I felt like I was a complete goofball. You know, I've tried every dance from jazz to belly dancing, pole dancing. Oh, that was horrible. I'd look like a complete goofball. But I tried it. You know, I did Zumba. I worked out, you know, Kisamba. I did all of that. I took time to get to know myself. Self, It was not in those moments that I was not happy. It was the being excluded from things because I was single by people that I called friends. Yeah, that hurts. That hurts a lot. And I guess we need to talk about that more. We need to talk about how single people are discriminated against, right? Because I'm pretty sure some of you, some of you have, some of you have some stories too, if, if you really think about it, or maybe you don't even have to think about it that hard where you've been, or you felt as if you was discriminated against because you were single. You know, it's my position that being a single man is not as hard sometimes as being a single single woman because you know there are more men than there are women period so men have their pick of the litter and sometimes it's not as easy for a woman um okay so ralph said i exclude myself from being the third will well eventually you have to get to that point because you know you don't want to go through the roller coaster of remote 
emotions of feeling some type of way, even if you do get the invitation, right, Ralph? Even if you do get the invitation, I guess once you're there, you know, and you're realizing that this is a booed up situation or event, you don't want to feel like you're sticking out like a, like a sore thumb. So yeah, I, I get that too. But damn, can I get the invite? Can I get the invitation so I can turn it down to say, you know what? <laughs> no, thank you. But I, I sincerely appreciate you considering me or or thinking enough of me to invite me. And and, and again, guys, I, I got a couple of couples in mind that I remember I used to ask specifically to pray for me. I used to run down to the altar, guys, and pray my heart out. And, and I was just so, I just felt so alone in the world. I really did. I felt for all of my accomplishments that I had, that love from a person of the opposite sex, that's what I was missing. And I would cry my heart out at the altar her and ask people that I thought that I was close to to pray for me and you know there were times when I was told that they weren't going to do that anymore that if God wanted me to have it that I would have it <laughs> wow right the nerve <laughs> the nerve I'm telling you it's hard out here for single people it is hard um let me uh Ralph, women have more options options. Do you really want to talk about that? Because I can go in several different directions with that. But I would say that the woman that has the most options is the woman that doesn't limit herself to one particular race or ethnic group. But the woman that is solely focused, I'm reading, uh, I'm responding to a comment from the Ralph William podcast where he states that women have have more options. The woman that has her eyes set on one particular man of one particular race really has no options. She's limited, extremely limited. But a woman like myself, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, the possibilities uh, are there definitely. So oh, to my ladies, I hope you guys have an agenda or an itinerary for 2020 because the year has just started. We are fresh in the month of June. January and um, the you know the world is yours to take. What did not work for you in 2019, you need to take note of that and make some changes moving forward this year. I can identify with the struggle. I can identify with the discrimination. I can identify with the desires of your heart and pleading with God to come through for you. I can identify with all of that. Um, Miss P. He just, I love the black man. None can compare. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know. Um, my husband is Dominican. So I have to say that I love, <laughs> I've always been a, an interracial dater. Um, that's just my thing. Um, so, you know, if black men are what you love, then that. That is your preference. Of course, I love black men. My father is black. My brother is black. Um, my uncles are black, one side of my family. So, so I have nothing negative to say about the black man. But I think when you limit yourself to just the black man, I'm not saying who you should date. But you do have to understand that you're limiting yourself. 
And with limitations, you have to accept the consequences that you just may be single for the rest of your life when you place limitations on yourself. And, you know, wait, your husband. I thought, no, this show is definitely about singlehood. Was you were you with me at the beginning of the show? Somebody says, wait, your husband. I thought this was a podcast about singlehood. It is definitely about singlehood. And my struggles as a single woman. Yes, I am married. I am married now. So let me ask you this. Um, she, um, to the commenter. So let me ask you this. So the fact that I did eventually get married, and let me tell you, this is my second marriage. Oh, She Metal New York. Okay, thank you. She Metal New York, talk to me. So does the fact that I'm married now, does that make me less credible? Talk to me. Because now I feel like it's reverse discrimination, guys. Like now because I'm married, <laughs> now because I'm married, that doesn't make me credible. What I'm doing is... I am acknowledging the struggle of being single. I'm acknowledging the discrimination that I felt as a single woman based on me being a guest on a fellow podcaster show on yesterday, you know, talking with Ralph on his show, it really ignited some old unresolved feelings that I had about the way that I was treated as a single woman and the way that I was made to feel and basically being discouraged in my journey on the way, you know what I'm saying, to be remarried. It's not fun. And being the woman that I am, I'm here to speak to anyone under the umbrella of singlehood and let you know that your feelings are valid, your feelings are credible, and you are deserving of the love that you desire. Are you still with me, Sheet Metal New York. And while you're at it, can you tell me, have you been a person that has experienced some struggles while you've been single? Well, guys, while we're waiting on that, I was just um, about to wrap up because we, we've uh, <laughs> almost been on the air for about an hour. And I've basically really spoke to the struggles that I experienced as a single woman. And much respect to all the singles out there. And, you know, um, so the com commenter is saying that being in a relationship is also mm, sheet metal New York. Let me, can I tell you something? My struggles in uh, the relationship, they're not as intense as my struggles was as a single person. Yeah, it depends on the person. You're absolutely right. You know, I, I married a good guy. I married a good guy. I, I married my preference. I married someone that I'm sexually attracted to. I married someone who shares my beliefs. You know, we're going in the same direction. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, so when when um when struggles or challenges come up in the relationship you know it, it's it fails in comparison 
to the struggles that I experienced as a single woman, because the struggles that I experience now, I was preparing for them. <laughs> right. I was preparing for them. And this is my second marriage. So I'm not I'm not new to this at all. So I, marriage was. It's nothing that is nothing that I'm new to or don't know basically how to, you know, um, move around in a marriage because men can be complicated sometimes, sometimes. OK, so Ralph is saying at least now when. When she goes down, you have backup. Yeah, right. I do have backup. He is my backup. Poppy is my backup, <laughs> my sidekick. <laughs> He's an incredible guy with a big personality and um you know he's, he's he's just a dude so and um i have enjoyed this conversation i hope that my story and me addressing some of these issues has helped somebody um to understand that you are not alone in this journey that god has not forgotten about you and that if you have have not been active in being found because I know that's one of the, the tenets of Christianity is that, you know, a man that findeth the good wife, findeth the good thing. And that, you know, the tenets of that religion is, you know, the man should find you. <laughs> okay. Well, you have to position yourself to be found. He can't find you in the house. Position yourself to be found, stand up, be active in your life, get active in, being found and just know that you are not alone everything that you're feeling a woman like me has felt before and I can identify with that struggle and let me leave you with this you do not have to be satisfied in singlehood if that is not your neighborhood you're just there temporarily you're gonna move soon enough you don't have to get comfortable in something that is not a permanent situation Situation. I'm here to tell you that. Again, you are deserving of the love that you desire, that intimacy that you're craving. You deserve it. The good sex that you're craving. You deserve it. The vacations that you want to go on with your mate and plan your retirement. You deserve it. The children that you visualize having with the father in the home. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You deserve it. You deserve all of that. You deserve a love that makes your toes curl. You deserve a love that gives you those high school butterflies you deserve a love that when you struggle you come out of it and you look back and you say you know what baby we made it you deserve a love where when you have a hard day you got somebody to come home to yeah that's right you deserve it and you can have it you better get those naysayers out your ear so guys if you really enjoyed this podcast, if I failed to touch on some of 
the singlehood struggles and you would love to chop it up some more, if you're bold enough to call in, I'll do a part two. Me and you, we can chop it up and talk about it. We can agree to disagree. We can drag it out. You know, we can swap stories. We can build a community right here, right now with us talking about the struggles of singlehood and not being satisfied in it. Don't get comfortable where you're not going to stay. <laughs> I did that one, didn't I? Don't get comfortable where you don't plan on staying. I don't care what the mother fools are telling you. You need to be satisfied with being single. You need to be content. No, don't get comfortable where you're not going to stay. That's not you. You still can enjoy your life. No one's saying not to enjoy your life. There's some things that you're good at. There's some people whose company you enjoy. There's plenty of things that you can focus on. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 we get that. But you know what? You deserve the love that you desire. And keep working on yourself. Whatever things, whatever things, you know, those private things that you know, I need to fine tune this. I need to tweak that. Keep working on it. He or she is coming. Thank all of you that are under the sound of my voice that have tuned in. I thank you. And oh, thank you, Sheet Metal New York. Come back, subscribe, okay? I like your honesty. I like the fact that you talk and you, you're real with it. I love it. Come back, subscribe, tell somebody about me. Don't leave me out here hanging, okay? <laughs> Guys, divaspeaksofficial at gmail.com. Hit me up with the comments. I'm on Facebook. Facebook handle is at True Diva Speaks and I'm on Instagram. Diva Speaks official underscore or something like that. Diva Speaks official <laughs> on Instagram. Until the next time. Until the very next time, guys, let's chop it up again. The diva has spoken.